0: Hi Doctor, are you currently seeing patients with shoulder pain? What about frozen shoulder? What if I could teach you a neurological treatment system in which you could literally take a person from frozen, frozen shoulder to a full range of motion in two visits? And this system is so powerful that we guarantee results in two visits or we don't accept the patient with care. Hi, I'm Dr. Andy Barlow, I'm a board certified chiropractic neurologist also carry a fellowship in functional neurology and every Wednesday night at 5 p.m. I'm giving a one hour seminar free of charge. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help your community. I'm here to help our profession go to the next level. I personally look forward to seeing you every Wednesday night. I wanna com- completely change your life and, ch- and change your community's life. And I can help you do that because I've helped hundreds if not thousands of doctors from Europe to Canada, all the way to New Zealand with these types of health issues, okay? So, I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Central on the webinar. Have a great day, I look forward to seeing you on the internet.
1: Probably have an old school website, just like this old school Voltron from the 80s. Here's the thing, video websites are dominating the entire internet right now. But only 3% of people have video websites. What is a video website? When there's continual movement. The beautiful thing about continual movement is that when you have movement, it keeps the buyer wanting to stay on the website. Here's the beautiful thing. If you look here at Dr. Mo's website, he is dominating, dominating, dominating. His website's everywhere. Not only that, but He's omnipresent. It's about time to get you out of the static world websites where they don't move, doesn't do anything for you, but come into the video websites where we dominate Google and get you omnipresent. It's time to step in the future of marketing. Make sure you click on the button at the bottom for a consultation and we'll get back with you. Hello everyone. My name is Mark Anthony with edge on regenerative medicine show. I'm excited today. We have a gentleman, Dr. David Steenblock, Uh, the beautiful thing about Dr. Uh, Steenblock is going to be talking about something that everybody's always talking about, but they're never really able to find the key and find the correct source. So as you know, everybody out there in internet land, I need you to smash the like button, the share button. Why? Because one video can change one person's life. And the great thing about Dr. David is he's changed many people's lives. And as you will see, we have testimonials that he's helping people. People travel from around the world just to see Dr. David. You can uh, go to strokedoctor.com now. Today, we're going to be talking about how to get younger with Youngering, and we're going to be talking about what Youngering is. Youngering is something that is seen all over the internet. We see it with Kim Kardashian. We see it with, it doesn't matter who you are, all the superstars, and of course, just people like you and I that just want to stay Youngering. So with that being said, one of the things that I'd like to say before we move forward if you struggle with, say, it's Alzheimer's, uh, cerebral palsy, heart disease, you know, uh, your say strokes or even brain injury, you want to take a listen, not just to this video, but you're going to want to go to stroke doctor.com. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Dave, for, for being here with us. My pleasure. So tell us your story before we get into how to get, how to, how to younger, how, how younger, and what is that about? Before we go there, tell us a little bit about yourself and, how you got into what you do? Mm.
2: I think I, I was—I think I was—I um, fell off a truck when I was young. <laughs> no.
1: Hey, you got me! You got me! I was like, really? Whoa! <laughs>
2: because, because somehow my brain got damaged. I think when I was about four years of age. Uh, oh, and uh, uh, the point, no, it was because of the fact that. When I was four, I was very inquisitive. And um, uh, I had my father, we lived on the farm and uh, we were in those years, it was about 1946, 47, 48, during which time uh, farmers were converting from horses over to tractors. And so we had both horses and tractors to deal with on a daily basis. <clears throat> These horses were monsters, you know, those big Clydesdale kind of horses, work horses, big monsters. Uh, and I remember being put on the top of one of those horses when I was a little boy and my legs were out like this. And I'm going, whoa, this is terribly high up here. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like unbelievable to have a little boy on top of this monster horse and by himself, not being held or anything. I was going, Oh my God. Anyway, the point was that that horse that I was so, um, awestruck in terms of their size, uh, went on and a few months later dropped dead. And so, uh, my father, uh, being whatever, I think maybe insurance or something, they called the, the vet to come over and do an autopsy.
1: Right.
2: So here's the, here it is, it's, uh, the horse is laying there out underneath a couple of trees and uh, right by my machine shed. <laughs> and, and I remember that so well. So so here I really do. <laughs> and so so uh, the horse is there and and they're about to do the autopsy. And I said, can I watch? And and they, uh, my mother, my father and the vet said, no, you don't want to watch this. And I said, yes, I want to watch it. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, I, so I, I got into a fight with my mother about whether or not I could watch this autopsy, and she's pulling me toward the house, and I'm pulling away. She's literally got me by the hand, pulling me toward the house to get me away from the horse. And I said, "No, I'm going to watch this," <laughs> and I pulled away. She said, "Well, okay, go ahead, do whatever the hell you want," because <laughs> she was tired of pulling. You know, and so I got to watch the horse being. Uh, you know autopsy, and <clears throat> I had uh, already uh, seen uh, the insides of a tractor because my dad had the tractors and had actually taken it apart and shown me how the compressor, the the right. cylinders work, and all that. And I had figured that out. So so I said, well, is there anything you know? Compare. They both move, so they both somehow making energy and converting that energy into movement so maybe there's some kind of connection here that was my little primitive thinking and i wanted to see how close a tractor and a horse was and it turned out that the horse was totally totally different than that tractor and i'm saying well this is like apples and oranges i mean totally different things and i said i'm gonna have to work hard to figure all this one out and so i've been pursuing that (laughs) ever since what does this do this body that lays there dead? Why is it dead, and why did it work, and how did it work, and all that kind of thing? And so that was how I started my career, and from then on, I I became interested in you know disease and aging and all that kind of thing, and, and um, I uh, went on to um, um, uh, get a master's degree, and I got my my undergraduate degree in in chemistry and zoology. <laughs> And I worked on um, uh, what's called chill coma in insects, which is a, uh, a problem with uh, the neurotransmitters being transmitted from right. one nerve to the muscle and whatnot. And, and uh, <clears throat> so I came up with the uh, mechanism of how that works. But in any case, after that, then I went on to my uh, master's degree at, uh, at Des Moines University. And uh, there I worked on uh, uh, blood uh, clotting and, and uh, fibrinolytic processes, which is uh, dissolving blood clots and how the body dissolves the blood clots because otherwise if you don't have any mechanism to dissolve your blood clots, your blood would clot up and you'd drop dead. So you have to have something going on there and that's called the fibrinolytic or plasminogen or plasmin system. And so I spent some time on that, got my master's in that. And then I went on to uh, work, uh, I got a full ride scholarship at the University of Miami uh, in aging and gerontology and um i got to uh, that location and, and i spent six months uh trying to um to uh, do that because i really wanted to i enjoyed my discussions with the professors there were some great people there but um, but um uh, the um they they the, they and i had a difference of opinion and mm-hmm. that was that that uh, they wanted me to study aging they considered aging a mechanism that needed to be studied alone without studying anything else and so but i said but aging and pathology are interrelated and you need to know both and and i want to know both i want to take pathology too and they said no you cannot take pathology and i said well screw you and i quit and went back to medical school and went on to get my medical degree and did my internship and then i spent a couple of years in in a logging town, taking care of people just to show that I could do all that kind of stuff. And then from there, I went back and got uh, my four years of pathology, anatomical and clinical pathology. Uh, so I did study pathology after all. And, uh, and that's how I uh, wound up with all those years of training it was you know my medical school, my internship, uh, <clears throat> my um, master's degree, my four years of pathology anatomical clinical you know I'm loaded up with information and so when I um, got out to uh, and I wanted to live in California I had lived in Florida because I had been there at the University of Miami I didn't like Florida at all we had uh, more cockroaches than you can imagine and and it was hot and humid and you couldn't study I could not study in in humid hot air for some reason I just would go (sighs) ah. And not fall asleep, yes, right. forget it. Whereas California, don't have that problem. You can think, you can do, you can function, you can get things done. California is the place to get things done if you wanna get done, not, not Florida. Florida is where you go and lay on the beach and sleep and let the sun rays hit you and keep your vitamin D levels up so you don't get the COVID. <laughs>
1: let's, let's, yeah, COVID, and let's talk about this youngering. I, I, I mean, what, what does, what does that mean? Well,
2: um, everybody's talking about anti-aging. I had the, what was it we had? First was the Aging Research Center, Aging Research Institute, I was a part of. And um, that was uh, started by a guy by the name of Benjamin Schloss, who was a part of the Manhattan Project. And uh, he, uh, he started that uh, with uh, Ward Dean, who's a, a famous um, a medical doctor who's involved with anti-aging and whatnot, ward dean, and so ward and I were friends, and uh, and uh, and so when Benjamin Slosh died of, um, he died of a type of rare cancer uh, that I thought was from the Manhattan Project, but uh, but who knows, you know. Uh, in any case. Uh, he had started it he had thought uh, he had he had he had some ideas about how to develop how to work on aging his his idea was sort of simplistic engineering kind of approach as a black box you put in input and you get output and you measure it all and from all that input and output you can figure out what the hell is going on that was his idea and so uh he had started on that but it to do that requires a team of maybe thirty or forty people and working full time and and computerization and all that. But uh, that was before those days, so that never did really uh, take off. And and that idea of the black box kind of thing kind of fell apart, I think. <clears throat> but in the meantime, um, um, then we. Uh, Anyway, it was then we switched the name to anti aging, and I didn't like that because anti aging just says you're stagnant, you're not getting any worse, you're not getting any better. That's not exactly. Not, not exactly exciting. I want something that's more exciting. I want something that says, you know, I came into Steam Blocks and I had a full, I had no hair, and now look at me, I got hair, I got muscles. You know, that, that's our goal, right? Yeah, right. We, we need to take this old body and convert it back into what your body is like. I don't, how old are you now, Mark? 44. All right. So give us another ten years back, so we want to be back to thirty-four. <laughs> Why not? Because then, when you're thirty-four, you know, you know, uh, uh, what was his name? Um, there was a, a professor at Case Western Reserve who Cohen, uh Robert Cohn. and Robert wrote books on aging, and he was a friend of mine, and uh, he said that, uh, and got his name in the national. I've got a radio TV, but it must have been TV at the time, Um, and uh, for claiming that everybody started aging at the age of 30. And I think he's probably correct. Uh, And so the point of it is if you, and you, you, how do you do that? How do you measure aging in terms of that? Well, I think of it as as your ability to handle stress. And the the ability to handle stress is best when you're young between those ages of 20 and 30. And then after that, you start to have problems. Now, what kind of stress? Well, I think of stress is a stress of, uh, uh, and the one that's most important to all of us is, uh, well, we have, you know, obviously stress. Of, uh, your wife yells at you or something, or you yell at your wife, or, or you're not getting enough money for your job, or whatever, there's all kinds of stresses. But the stress that really causes more bodily harm is an infection. And so if you have a chronic infection, that chronic infection eats up your tissues, causes oxidative stress, and causes your tissues to get older quicker and faster than ever. Uh, And so if your body cannot handle those kinds of infectious processes well, then you're gonna age quicker and faster. And so after the age of 30, you're starting to have less and less ability to handle these kinds of stressors and all that kind of thing. That's the way I look at it. So uh, anyway, the. The point of it is, is that uh, most people don't know that um, your body has, each tissue, each organ has in your body uh, cells, and these cells have a certain number of replications that they can go through. They can divide and multiply to repair themselves about 51 times. Now, uh, that sounds very accurate, uh, but uh, uh, Leonard Hayflick, who developed this idea back in I don't know, many years ago, 52 or something, uh, who um, uh, he um, he, uh, studied it quite a bit and found that, uh, you know, he first said it was 51 doublings was the limit, but then others and he came up with the idea that, no, it's not quite so clear cut. It's more like at about 42, 40, 42, 43, you start having problems. And between 43 of these replications to 51, it's starting to not work as well as it should. And by the time you get to be 51, then you stop replicating.
1: Right.
2: But we have, uh, what does that mean? Who cares? Well, it means that, for example, if you're a chronic smoker, uh, your cigarette smoke goes into your lungs and causes damage, oxidative stress, to your lung tissues, the cells, and they divide and uh, they die or they get sick and they need to be replaced. So they replace themselves over and over and over again. You wind up with uh, 50 doublings and you wind up with no more repair processes. And so uh, many people, uh, they've done this study that they show that when you have a disease like emphysema, there's at least 40% of all your cells in your lung are in this fashion, they're already damaged so much that they cannot repair themselves. So you're dealing with kind of a husk, if you will, the husk. It's like almost dead right. in your in your lungs. There's some. There's 60% still working, but 40% are not. Now that's pretty scary.
1: But you to revive scary. that, right?
2: Yeah. That well, that's what we're working on. Not, not not only me, but there's been I don't know how many people and companies now over the last. Uh, Oh, seven years or so that have come up with the idea of using certain things uh, to help clean the body, clean the lungs, clean whatever up and get rid of those so that your own body can repair and regenerate by putting new cells back into the place where those old cells were just taking up space and causing inflammation because these old cells cause inflammation. And so part of aging is a gradual accumulation of chronic inflammation throughout your body now that chronic inflammation can be in all kinds of areas can be throughout the body can be in your heart could be in your lungs could be in your kidneys could be in your feet could be in your calves could be in all of those or some of them liver depends on what you've been doing how you've been doing and what you've done to hurt those different areas because if you injure those areas over and over then Then you wind up with um, oxidative stress, you wind up with damaged capillaries. Now, just for a moment, let's just talk about free radicals and and oxidative stress and all that because people don't understand that. It's it's complicated, and I think a lot of doctors don't really understand it either. Um, And that is that, you know, what does that mean? They say, well, free radical. Well, free radical is supposed to be a molecule with an unpaired electron. Okay. What does that mean? What the hell does that mean? You know, I mean, really, what does that mean? You know, people don't know what that means. An unpaired electron. Who cares, right? Okay, well, let's think about it more. Okay. Better thought is most of us have had an experience with the fall leaves. The leaves, remember Roger Williams, the da, 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 <laughs> playing autumn leaves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, so here we are, the autumn leaves falling down. What are we going to do with those? It sounds nice when Roger Williams is playing his music on his piano, but we have all those leaves out in the backyard. And my wife said, when you go out there, clean up those leaves, for God's sake, that's making a mess. I, I'm sick and tired of those leaves all over the place. Okay, so I go out there gather it all up, and I put a torch to it. And boy, I got a great fire going for five minutes, oh, it's burning greatly. Oh man, that's great. So and here she comes, she's gonna help out. She brings over another couple bushels of leaves and says, here you go, honey. And I say, okay, I dump them on the fire and poof. What happens? The fire goes out and what do we have? Smoke, cinders flying every which way, black, crappy smoke. And if we breathe it, we like to die from it.
1: Exactly.
2: Now go back a minute when it was burning brightly we had lots of oxygen, we had complete combustion. We had energy can being converted from a dead leaf into fire. That was a good conversion. That's efficiency. See, that's an efficient fire. It's burning most all of it and converting it from the leaf into energy. That's what we want in our bodies. We wanna take whatever we put into our bodies and convert it almost entirely to energy with none of this soot, this black, crap that comes out when we don't have enough oxygen. And so when you put more leaves on, you have incomplete combustion and that's inefficient fire and inefficiency in combustion. And you wind up with all this junk in your system. If, if for example, it's happening in your lungs, you're gonna have all that soot and crud in your system. Now, how does that occur in the body? It occurs because of the lack of oxygen. Lack of oxygen is because you don't have enough blood vessels that are delivering the oxygen to each tissue. So the flow of oxygen to every tissue in your body is extremely vital if you want to stay alive for a long time.
1: Like
2: that. And yet, when did you ever hear of anybody say what you need to do is increase your blood supply to every organ if you want to live long? Never. Not once. And yet it's fundamental. Fundamental. So, how do you do that? Well, Okay, for all of us, generally, we're going to talk about general. What happens is, well, we are told to exercise. Okay, okay. I said, I like that, so I'm going to go out and exercise. So I go out and exercise. I did that many years ago once, I said...
1: I just walk around the block now or to the right.
2: top. Right. So here I, I walk. I, it was, uh, we have uh, some gentle mountains around here. And so a friend of mine said, let's go walk up this mountain. And it was like a six mile, seven mile height. And I, I said, oh, sure. And so I'm walking. I said, oh, what is this? After about two miles, my right foot starts to hurt. By the time I'm back, my right toe is like to fall apart. And so now I've got something going on with that right toe. And that turns into, arthritis and inflammation and like to kill me so so uh, guess what i stopped walking (laughs) okay yeah and then the point of it is is that most people stop walking because it hurts pain is gonna and, and it's no wonder who who's gonna blame you for stopping when you're when your toe is sw- swollen up twice as big and red and hot and you're screaming in pain, are you going to go walk? No, mm, of course. no. And if it's in your knees, it's the same thing. If your hips, the same thing. If your back is the same thing. So you wind up with most people not being able to walk and right. not being able to exercise. Now, just before I, before I finish that walk business, it is important to do something with your legs and your hips because it turns out that your bone marrow is full of stem cells. And those stem cells are... Uh, helping you make new blood vessels and keeping you healthy. But if your bone marrow stem cells are not healthy, mm-hmm. uh, then you're not gonna have good blood repair, blood vessel repair, mm-hmm. and your whole body is gonna go because you're not putting out enough stem cells on a daily basis. Stem cells are released by stress, by physical stress, and uh, by adrenaline and exercise, heat, uh, certain things like fucoid and seaweeds and there's a variety of things i have a product called stemgevity where you can take and i put all these tiny kinds of natural things together that you can take to stimulate your bone marrow stem cells to be released to help you repair and i've seen some pretty good results from that so mm-hmm. if you can't exercise at least you can take stemgevity and that way at least you're doing that now but before i go on um <clears throat> If I had run out of time, let me know. But yeah. yeah.
1: longevity—we well, can find that on your website. We can go to yeah. Yeah. somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, somewhere. should be somewhere <laughs> there. I, I, I'm
2: not—I don't push it much uh, because I got so many other things to do. But in any case, um, just as a sidebar, uh, when I was about um, mm, 12 um, in junior high, I think it was—I was a junior. Uh, junior high and uh, some scientist kind of guy came to um, my school and gave a science show and uh, i've never seen anybody show this before and i don't think uh, you may be able to find it on google but what he did he took a a femur you know a bone Mm -hmm. uh, this leg bone from the hip down to your knee and here it is it's a dead bone Right, right, he's got it in his hands. It's not, it's not in a human body. It's dead, there's nothing there alive. You can't have tissue alive for more than seven minutes out of the body. And he says, okay, now I'm gonna show you something. And he took a, a electrical wire and connected it to the top of that bone, another electrical wire to the bottom of the bone. And in between he put those two wires and attached them to a small light bulb from a pen light. A little tiny one of those little light bulbs. Okay, what's that all about? Okay, he says, now watch this. And he gets up and he pushes down on the top of the femur hard and the light bulb lights up. Right. You say, right. Why is that light bulb lighting up? Why? Huh?
1: Because it's connected.
2: It's never, until he pushed on it, it didn't light up. Right. It's dead. It's a dead bone. And and the mechanism of that is called piezoelectricity. Mm -hmm. Mechanical energy is being converted into electrical energy. Now, the point of all that is that that process is occurring in your legs every day, because every day you walk, you get that same kind of effect. And that piezoelectricity is what drives the stem cells to grow and proliferate. As far as I know, nobody else has ever told you that.
1: No, nah, I've never
2: no. heard it that way. <laughs> but it's true. And so that means that you need to have weight put on, if you can, put some weights around your hips and walk a little bit or stand and jump up and down a little bit so you get that kind of mechanical force on your bones to give that kind of generation of, of your bone marrow. So you're stimulating your bone marrow. Okay. So that's good things to know, good things to
1: do, good thing to, to help you keep healthy. Do you, you put weight on your... On your um waist it, i'm just saying that if you have a problem
2: with jumping up and down you can do you can do it to some degree with those uh, tr- those trampolines too right. okay. you know so that helps too but i think uh but i think anything you can do you know walking um jogging uh weights any of those kind of things can help uh you stay younger and healthier uh, and and just as a another point of that is that is that. Uh, When I, you know, I've done, I was one of the first ones in the country, not the world, to do a lot of bone marrow treatments. So you take bone marrow out of the hip and then you put it through uh, some filters and whatnot and you give it right back to the person. So you're taking all these stem cells out of your hip and putting it right into the blood. And then that goes around and, and it helps fix whatever's wrong with you. And I started doing that back in 2004 and I've done, you know, thousands of those. And one of the cases I had. Uh, was a um, was a 90 year old, and um, I um, uh, I tried to uh, do her bone marrow, and all I get was fat. Uh, there's no bone marrow left, and she's right. been laying in bed. She's been laying in bed for uh, some time, and and uh, so you know another case, uh, emphysema, severe advanced emphysema, who are carrying their oxygen behind them. You try to do a bone marrow on them, you get the same kind of thing. You get fat rather than bone marrow. And so that the bone marrow in those people have been replaced by yellow fat. And so they don't have very many stem cells in their system. So they cannot repair and regenerate. Now, on that 90-year-old that I was talking about, I did a blood test and measured her growth factors.
1: Right.
2: And her growth factors, I measured like 32 different growth factors. And I measured the growth factors in a newborn... uh, newborn baby's umbilical cord blood. And the newborn umbilical cord blood had about 10,000 micrograms per deciliter of these different growth factors. The 90-year-old had not 10,000, but 100. 100! In other words, none. They had no bone marrow and no growth factors. And how how do you expect to heal and repair and regenerate if you have neither? Now, now, other studies have been done that show that you need stem cells, you need growth factors, and you need thymus. All three for repair and regeneration of pretty much any organ. This is mm-hmm. test tube kind of stuff and animals and whatnot that have been shown. Um, anyway, thymus is, is important. We're not paying much attention to thymus. But uh, nowadays, it's uh, starting to get a little bit more play because of what are called t regulatory cells Mm -hmm. and these T regulatory cells control your immune system and they used to be called T suppressor cells and so uh, now they're called T regulatory cells and you can upregulate those in a variety of ways and why you would want to do that is because they suppress your inflammation so if you have a lot of inflammation then it helps stop it if you have autoimmune disease it helps stop it so there's all these things that you, and if you're coming out COVID and the, having the cytokine storm, you wanna have a lot of T-regs to suppress that cr- that cytokine storm that you're developing. And some of the ways that you can do that is like high dose vitamin D, Yeah. but you cannot take vitamin D in high dose without with, with calcium. If you take calcium with it, the vitamin D takes and helps you increase the absorption of calcium and calcium will kill you. And so calcium is deadly. And, uh, and you can go up look look it up if you want you put in Google calcium comma mm-hmm. toxicity <laughs> and you'll find all kinds of papers it was in fact published back in I don't know 75 76 in Lancet and it was called uh, the article was called calcium the final common pathway for cell death now how does that mean what does that mean how does that work it means that on the outside of every cell of your body, there's 10,000 molecules of calcium on the outside to every one molecule on the inside of every cell. Of every cell of your body, on average, there's 10,000 molecules of calcium on the outside, one molecule of calcium on the inside. If you have some damage to the cell membrane, then that opens up a hole, and the calcium that's outside can rush in, And when it rushes in, it wraps itself around the mitochondria, which are the energy producing organelles of the cell. And as it wraps it around, the calcium wraps around that mitochondria, it causes, I have this fancy word, discombobulation. It discombobulates the mitochondria so the mitochondria can no longer function, or at least they're no longer able to make much energy. And so with the lack of energy, the cell cannot repair itself and more and more calcium comes in and the cell will die. And as it dies, it turns into solid calcium and you get calcifications of your arteries, of your joints, uh, uh, whatever, all over your body.
1: When you're, when you're talking about this, I gotta jump in real quick. When you're talking about this, we, we hear so many different types of cells. I mean, stem cells. We hear from the fat, we hear from the marrow, we hear from, you know, umbilical cord, there's so much information out there, it's become to the point where a lot of information is false and there's a lot of you know, good and bad. But are, are you utilizing mostly from uh, a bone marrow or does it matter? Um,
2: it matters uh, sometimes, um, many times not. Uh, if you're young, like you, um, bone marrow is great. For example, um, I'm, de- I'm dealing with a lot of traumatic brain injury patients, okay. um, wounded warriors, you know, military guys that have uh, their SEALs and uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, they're 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 ten times bigger, better, stronger, healthier men right. than I ever was. Mm-hmm. But now they've been damaged because they've been blown up with this device or that device or this whatever everyone's got their own story and so now how do you want to repair that brain well i i want to repair it with their own stem cells if i can and since they're healthy they're 34 40 you know years old anytime you can get a, a, a healthy guy normally they're you know they're healthy in the sense that they don't have chronic infections they don't have any hormonal imbalances you know in general they're healthy other than they're trauma and so those people you want to use your own stem cells if possible uh, because then you're going to get a better repair of the actual brain uh, you know so because you're putting actually their own stem cells into the brain as compared to umbilical cord now the umbilical cord are great because they make a lot of growth factors and they can go in and, and do a lot of things but they're not your cells and so they have to take your cells that are in your brain and make them better and the bone marrow stem
1: cells make them better too so mm-hmm. you how would that be better, though? Like, think about this. I'm going to play the devil's advocate. If I'm 44. I would rather have a three-year-old baby stem cells or, you know, from the freshness. I'm, I'm saying mentally, I'm looking at it. I don't want my old stem cells. Yeah, it might work better for me, but how long is that going to last? I'm older. Don't I want something that's young and vibrant and it's going to go to the area, the inflammation area and revive it? Dream on. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. <laughs> uh, come on. Doesn't, doesn't work mean, that way. I
2: don't know. I'm asking you. I, like, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly you're why. Yeah, listen, water listen, water. Listen, you, you're not alone. For From about, uh, what, 2001 right. to 2010, right. we spent billions and billions of dollars on just that dream right there. That dream. And the dream was to take uh, embryo, Take the human embryo. Take the human embryo. After a few days of growth, it turns into what's called a blastomere. Take the cells from that blastomere and use those individually as individual embryonic stem cells and grow those in tissue culture. Because when you put them in tissue culture, they grow and 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 they grow. And in general, they're great cells. You get great results and they could become part of you, just like what you're asking for. The only trouble is they turn into cancer and you die.
1: Wait, 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 okay, stop right there. They, they turn into cancer and then you die.
2: Right, is that, or, is or that, you have to have, have, to have it, an operation on your head and take the cancer out of your head or they, out of your they, heart they, or whatever.
1: It could turn into cancer or it does. I'm sorry? It could turn into cancer or it does.
2: Yeah. well, it turns into cancer enough so that whoever is giving you those cells is gonna get themselves sued and gonna lose their license and go to jail.
1: And that's, that's why there's we don't do that. Around, there's been a lot of, so there's a lot of this being thrown around and I think that's why. We, and, and if you stop uh, and think about it. cells, which is the, the, the name has been, um, I, I believe it's been blemished or there's been a lot of junk on the internet but there are a lot of doctors out there that believe that if you're utilizing um, an umbilical cord stem cell that it, it does heal and it also grows back, quote unquote, the bone to most cases.
2: Okay, well, let's start over again because a lot of doctors are wrong, don't know what they're talking about. Okay, number one, umbilical cord stem cells do not convert into your tissues. They help your tissues grow. They produce growth factors. For example, if you take, in a rat, they did this study. They took stem cells from an umbilical cord, human, put it into a rat leg. But they labeled those cells with what's called green fluorescent protein so they could know that these were from the human and they had converted them into those cells that they put into the leg. Now, they took like 100 of these rats and half of them they gave a stroke to. And so the ones that they had... And so so we have rats that didn't get stem cells and rats that got stem cells. So the ones that didn't get stem cells had a stroke and never got better. The ones that had stem cells in their leg got better, but at autopsy, there were absolutely no human stem cells in the brains of those rats that had improved. And the reason was because those stem cells in the leg grew and produced uh, produced growth factors that were then transmitted by the blood into the brain and the brain then grew because of these growth factors. So it's the growth factors that are causing the help from umbilical cord stem cells. They do not go into your body and replace your tissues with their cells at all. But the embryonic cells that I was talking about from a human zygote, if you will, they do. And when you do that, that's great except for the fact that when they are in the tissue culture, before they're going to give you give them to you they tend to stick together like little tiny particles tend to stick together Mm -hmm. and when little tiny particles stick together they have not been able to figure out how to get them from unsticking and so you put into the a clump of maybe 15 or 30 or 300 cells. And those cells then are all put together and they don't separate. And so they float around and they float around until they find someplace where they can live. And maybe in the heart or in your brain or whatever. And then they start to grow. And as they grow, all those cells are feeding each other different growth factors. And those different growth factors tell them, this cell tells that one, uh, anyway, it's all mixed up. And the growth factors are so mixed up, it causes the development of cancer. And so every time, you know, you never know whether or not when you're giving, you know, you're gonna have maybe good, great results, but you could get cancer. And so that kind of stopped that whole line of research. And so we're Mm -hmm. hardly anybody's doing any research on embryonic stem cells. Now, before I go on, there's two kinds of embryonic stem cells. And one is still being used, and that's when you do an abortion. So when you do an abortion of a baby, that's less than two months of gestational age, that, so here you get pregnant, and for two months now, that baby that's growing in the mother's womb is called an embryo. So if you do an abortion on that mother and take that those tissues from that two, one month old, six weeks old, six weeks is an optimum. You take that six week old embryo tissue and you can homogenize that and inject that into a person, you can get some pretty darn good results. but. Those still are not yours and you can still have some graft versus host reactions, but it's in general a pretty good therapy now. And so there are doctors doing that around the world. In general, it's not Mm -hmm. well accepted because it's using aborted tissues. Russia has been using uh, abortion as a means of birth control for the last Mm -hmm. 50, 60, 70 years. And so they have of border tissues in Russia and that's why the Russian doctors are the specialists in this particular aspect and so uh, people go to like the Ukraine and Moscow and whatnot because these guys have been doing it they have clinics there that have been working and doing this for like 30 years already and so it does help and work Uh, but if you look at the data and look at people who have it Uh, the fetal aborted as compared to umbilical cord, you get the same results with the umbilical cord, but you just have to use a few more of the umbilical cord cells to get the same results that you do with the fetal. And you don't have the you don't have as many graft versus host reactions. So it's, I think in general, a little safer and better to use the umbilical cord than it is the aborted, you know, forget about- But you could use use both
1: of them. You could use the umbilical as as a carrier, couldn't you? Could you use both of them? And would that? Yeah, sure you can. You know, the more stem cells
2: you do and the more variety you do, the better results. So you're
1: talking
2: about about fat stem cells, uh, bone marrow stem cells, umbilical cord. So if you have, if you give all of those at one time, you're going to have a much better result than if you just do one. But the cost, the cost goes up quite a bit. You see, so that, so you have this thing. Okay. Like, for example, am I going to give you all four for a bad joint? No. Why? Because one little shot and the joint's fixed. I don't need to give you four different kinds. Right. Now, maybe, maybe if you got amyotrophic lateral sclerosis where nobody has got any answers for it, maybe that's the time to use all of it. I have never seen anybody use all of them for any condition, but, but
1: it could be. Interesting. It's, it, I mean, I know, I know that stem cells are still very young and, 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 and fresh and new, I mean, I, I believe that we've only scratched the surface, but I'm probably seeing, I would say, I'm, I'm gonna throw a number out there, probably 90% of the doctors I'm seeing out there, they're preaching on the, uh, the umbilical uh, stem cells, mesochymal only to utilize, that they're utilizing. And I'm seeing a lot of great activity as in people actually getting healed up, growing back bone marrow, but nobody's really talking about the side effects. Right, well, you
2: know, if you ask them uh, are you giving steroids uh, while you're giving a shot, this is not, not in the joint but elsewhere, uh, they tell you in general, yes, we always give steroids. Uh, and so those steroids are for countering the side effects of the contamination, if you will, from, from the umbilical cord itself. The umbilical cord itself is not your tissue it's not free of graft versus host reactions it's not free of hla or abo um, and so uh, uh, antigens and so any of those things you can react to and so when they give you a shot let's say they're going to treat an autoimmune disease you've got rheumatoid arthritis well you don't give a patient with rheumatoid arthritis shots in every joint you give it IV or subcutaneous. Those right. people will use subcutaneous because when you give it IV, they can give you real bad effects because when you put those foreign tissues directly IV, you can go into shock and like to die. Right. So they don't, they've learned that they shouldn't do that. So they give it subcutaneously along with the steroid and the steroid will, will help stop that kind of, uh, say, allergic reaction. Uh, my stem cells don't do that. Uh, my stem cells are pure. Uh, They're not made by grinding up the umbilical cord like these other doctors are using. If you go around to all the different doctors and and ask them what companies they're using, and they'll tell you, oh, I'm using this one or that one, you call them up and and say, well, uh, do you culture your stem cells? No, that's against the law. So the FDA tells all these doctors and these companies that they cannot culture the stem cells because then that would turn them into drugs. Right. And if, if it's a drug, then the FDA says, well, that's our purview. And you can't do that because we have to approve it all. And so the pharmaceutical company is pushing the FDA to make sure that the doctors don't gross themselves in their offices and labs. And, and so in the process, then these uh, entrepreneurs um, who uh, are making these mesenchymal umbilical cords themselves are just taking buying cords you can buy a cord fresh cord for like three thousand right. dollars take that and you got now let's say 30 inches 30 yeah like about 30 inches and each one of those is you know maybe you could probably turn that into 200 vials and if you're selling that for a thousand dollars that one cord is now three hundred thousand dollars, and those are are ground up core tissues that are foreign to your body and so you're going to react so every time you give it you have to give steroids wow okay that's where we're at with the fda and all these people and all these things happen
1: that makes sense
2: yeah now now the only you know my position is that i am a licensed physician and i know what i'm doing i was trained you know pretty well and I've been doing stem cells for many years. I've had my own stem cell lab for many years. And um, you can, it's some years ago, the FDA came to my door and asked to in, do an inspection. And I said, uh, what are you inspecting?" I said, well, we just want to inspect. I said, uh, no, uh, show, me, show me your papers that allow you to do that. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you need a paper. You know, that's called jurisdiction. You need to establish that you have jurisdiction over my practice because I am a licensed California doctor. I'm not FDA licensed. You have no jurisdiction. And they said, really? And I said, yeah, go check it out. I said, go back and get your paper and come back. They have never returned. No English. So they have no jurisdiction over a doctor's office unless, unless I do something like tell the world I've got the cure for osteoarthritis and its umbilical cord stem cells. That is illegal because now I'm making a claim. Now, I did that before once when I was um, one of the first ever to use hyperbaric oxygen. Oxygen under pressure in a chamber, metal chamber. Yeah. You get in, get into a chamber, and you close the doors and put oxygen in there, pressure, and you mm-hmm. breathe in this pressurized oxygen. It helps with the brain repair and regeneration, strokes and whatnot. Well, at the time, I was the first one in the in the world doing it. And when you're the first one in the world doing it, uh, it it's amazing how many enemies you can get. You know, everybody hates you. You know, it's like, why do you hate me? I know I'm a quack. Uh, why am I a quack? Well, because it doesn't work. Uh, what do you know about it? I'm doing it, and I'm saying it works, and you're telling me it doesn't work, and you've never done it, and you've never seen it, and yet you know more about it than I do. Exactly. That's that's the attitude that they have. The world believes that they know everything about everything, even though you're doing it and right. you see the results. I
1: mean, and- Google said it right, and you know. So exactly.
2: So anyway. Um, so I did, uh, well, what got me going was that uh, I, had, I had learned about hyperbaric oxygen for stroke and um, uh, from a guy by the name of Richard Neubauer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Neubauer was uh, famous and, and uh, had been using hyperbaric for stroke, but he didn't have a complete stroke outfit. And so I set up the first stroke clinic using hyperbaric. He had, he had a hyperbaric facility treating stroke. So it was a little different you know, it was not quite as dedicated. Mine was more dedicated. So, so anyway, the, the reason why I got into it was because I'd learned from him a little bit about it. And so then I had a patient, an old lady who had uh, vascular disease, uh, carotid artery disease, coronary artery disease. She was told she needed to have a heart operation, a carotid artery operation. She needed to change her diet. She needed to take medicines. And she said, no way. I'm going to keep on eating and drinking whatever the hell I want to. I said, right. You know, you're going to drop dead. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to have a stroke one day. And I said, well, that's the way it goes. And so she was, she was content with her fate. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see her for like three months. And her daughter called me one day and said, mom just had a stroke. She's in the emergency room at the local hospital here. And what am I going to do? And I'm saying, well, why don't you call an ambulance and check her out against medical advice and bring her over to my office. She's semi comatose. She's not arousable, And so would you believe the daughter did it. So she brought the mother over signed her out against medical advice, brought her over to me, and we took her out and we had it like four of us to carry her out of the ambulance and get her into her hyperbaric chamber, got her into the hyperbaric chamber. And I treated her for an hour thinking that that was going to be the cure. Nothing happened. And I'm going Oh, shoot me in the head. I'm in big doo doo. If I don't do something with this one, they're going to have me. And if she drops dead, I'm going to be good. I'm this murderer. It's, murder. it's right. premeditated murder. I'm going to jail. I'm gonna, you know, it's like wow. wow. What a terrible thing so i had to put my thinking cap on so i put and i happened to have all kinds of little tricks in my my kitchen cabinet cabinet there and so because i had a full-out clinic going and all kinds of strange things and so i said well we need this we need that, that, that. so i took a lot of antioxidants things like magnesium right. dmso superoxide dismutase mannitol vitamin c etc uh, edta chelation therapy threw it all at her for a night with an iv for three hours and I used uh, what's called pulse magnetic therapy in the back of her head. And in three hours, I put her back in the chamber. I said, well, God only knows. She hadn't done anything still. She's still, and so put her back in the chamber and son of a buck, she, after an hour, she's got getting better. I said, well, let's do that again. So we did it all again and again and again. And in 24 hours, she walked out of my clinic back together again as if nothing had happened. And I said, that's it. Why not specialize? Cause I was looking for something to really specialize in because the, the HMOs have come in and taken right. over everybody's business and everybody's starving. And also what what am I going to do? Well, here's a miracle. I've never seen anything like it. Never heard of such a thing. So why not just get into stroke? So I started treating stroke patients and had some darn good results. We treated about 2000 patients over 10 wow. years. And, um, mm-hmm. and we had about uh 95% of the patients, they're all people that had had stroke. Two, three years out after stroke, they've gone through everything, still messed up, still in wheelchairs, etc. cetera. We treat those people and out of those people, we had like a 95% uh, of those had some improvement in at least one of their different problem areas. Not that they were all cured, not that 95% improvement, but they did have improvement. And that was for them great because Anything was better than laying, you know, many of them got up out of their wheelchairs and went back to work and doing things like that. So we had really good success with hyperbaric. Unfortunately, uh, we had the state of California after us, the FDA after us, et cetera, et cetera. So during all that time, we had uh, our share of of, uh, legal issues. And and so we had to uh, go to court and uh, fight the FDA. And uh, we, we finally won so we could go back to, to work and all that. But in the meantime, uh, they said, well, we're going to let you go back to work, but you cannot advertise. You cannot advertise because when you advertise, then you're advertising Hyperbrake as a
1: drug. Oxygen is a drug. No kidding. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we know Good breathing, right? I'll do that right now. Well, let's so, talk about a little bit about Youngering. I want to talk yeah. about, I want to talk a little bit of, uh, about that and, Let's just say for myself, my, my wife and I, just using as an example, we want to, you know, we want to possibly tighten some stuff up and yeah, well, know, let's, let's talk we've been about to... hearing about vampire masking. We've been hearing about a PRP, just using our own blood, all this stuff. I mean, what, and I know that you, you, you do some of this. How does that work in your clinic? Um, it works good. The, uh,
2: the trouble with uh, a lot of it is that, um, uh, you know, as I was mentioning, I think uh, that um, you have stem cells, growth factors, and thymus. If you want, you need all of those in optimum quantity to be able to repair and regenerate actually damaged organs. Now, um, when you just give stem cells, by themselves, you did do give a lot of growth factors, and if you use umbilical cords themselves, they last about on the average about three to four months in your system, and they're producing a lot of growth factors. So you feel better, do better, and you can see improvements in like joints or whatever. Right. For example, for example, uh, back in about 2001, I was developing osteoarthritis in my hips, mm-hmm. and uh, so much so that I couldn't uh, drive a car, I had to I would buy pillows. and sitting on top of pillow after pillow. is like that, that uh, story about the princess and the pea and I went, there's this, you know? And uh, so I said, well, what the hell, let me try uh, a stem cell. And I gave myself one IV of stem cells and I sort of got within three weeks, the pain disappeared and it hasn't come back. Now that was, that's 20 years. Now, does that mean that uh, it, I'm cured totally and I'm back to being no. 18? No. But at least it took away the pain and misery so I can function. I don't have to have pillows in my car. I drive around. Yeah. So I drive around like a normal person. Uh, You know, I'm not having any problem. Um, Now, then I have a a bad knee. And so uh, because I was, I I wanted to become a, you know, how you are when you're young and frisky. You're trying to say, well, uh, maybe I can become a, a run in the uh, Boston Marathon. So I was training for the Boston Marathon and I was running on city streets, so wrong thing. And I had no coach or anything. So I was just doing it, you know, and uh, stupid. So after, I don't know, I was running like four miles, five miles a day, and my left knee just decided one day to go (laughs) click, and that was, just fell apart basically. And um, so it, um, I, I, had a, I suffered with that and I had an operation on it. Took It was a torn meniscus, I think. And then they removed that, but it's still, it can, then it comes back. So then after a few years, it started giving me a lot of trouble about, uh, what was it about? It's been about uh, 12 years ago. And, um, and I took, um, uh, I had uh, fat stem cells put in. And that goes good for like three or four years. And then I had another little problem and had another umbilical cord and then it lasts for another three or four years. And so now uh, it's, it's. if I push it, uh, if I stand up on it and put pressure on it for a few hours, it starts to bother me again. So I'm thinking I should have another one. So it's not a total cure-all, uh, but, it's, different. Their but it's but it helps. Now, how can you make it better? Well, you can make it better because you can do more stem cells and more different kinds of stem cells. You can use different things for it. Now, for example, I happen to have a paper here somewhere, I have a lot of papers,
1: <laughs>
2: I have lots of papers. There's a paper about uh, osteoarthritis, here. Local clearance of senescent cells attenuates the development of post-traumatic osteoarthritis. So so the point of it is, is that osteoarthritis is due to aging of the cells in the joint. These cells have become senile because of repetitive trauma, repetitive stress, repetitive oxidative damage, a lot of reasons. Also unfortunately, or fortunately not unfortunate, is that when you have these kind of damages, if this is a joint, and you're rubbing all the time, there are little fragments, little mm-hmm. fragments that come out of the joint. And they then they come out on the outside of the joint, and those little tiny fragments your body's immune system reacts to. And so you develop an autoimmune reaction to your joints too. And that increases the inflammation too. So a stem cell, when you put it in there, helps shut down the inflammation and all that. But but you're not getting rid of all the old senile cells. Now, so uh, I've come up with a trick for that, for joints. And uh, it's just one more thing to do if you're interested in doing it. So, uh, uh, but the point is, is that um, turns out that an old cell that is senile, you can kill by more stress, more oxidative stress, especially like hydrogen peroxide or ozone. Right. So if you put ozone injections into the joint you kill the old cells and your cells inside that were killed are then replaced by newer cells. Right. And so by just using ozone alone sometimes you can repair your joints and that's very cheap. That cost yeah you can do sometimes you get one treatment and it'll be good for months. Uh, sometimes you can do it, you'll do it maybe every two, three weeks. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about $100, $200. So your total cost is like $800, maybe $1,000. And by doing that, you're actually refreshing and regenerating your tissues without stem cells or anything else. Simple. Just put pop a needle in there, push the ozone in, that's it. Goodbye. What's the
1: difference right away or does it take time?
2: Um, I'd say within 24 to 48 hours, you start okay. seeing improvement.
1: I want to switch the gear on you a little bit. So let's say I'm looking at PRP. Um, do you guys do a, do you do a lot of PRP inside your office for say we'll just say facial women love to look younger, not just women. I'm not going to put it on them. I'm actually thinking about doing it. My wife and I are thinking about doing it. Seriously. Um, the way I look at it, we're about at that age, 45, when you're to get into your fifties, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it in a different way. You know, I want to do it for not just if I'm going to have people on the show also, but also possibly have it myself and maybe do like a live uh, video on it. Hey, you know, I sure. if I, can help, if I can help people and they see a difference. My wife too, you know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah, we, we do it. All, we, do, really we, we, we do it. We do it every it day, a little bit, because huh? there's different. Do you think it works really well? Because I hear there's needling. They, there's there's different things you can do. Oh carefully. well, yeah. Well,
2: now you can't beat that. Uh, I mean, really, you, in terms of changing. Your looks for the better. Needling is by far better than anything, mm. other than other than other than actual plastic surgery and doing the twenty-five thousand dollar job. Needling costs you maybe what three to four thousand dollars, mm. and uh, they just tight this this all gets all tightened up. The only trouble with that is it's only good for a year or two, from what I'm told. So that's a, that's a problem. You have to keep doing it.
1: Well, uh, and, PRP? I mean, you, they, you get your own blood, you slap it back in. I
2: mean, yeah, well, you, yeah, we have different things you can, you know, and I've seen great results with that too. I'm just saying that in terms of dramatic, fast, immediate results, so PRP stem cells all take a little time. So you're talking about two, three, four weeks, six weeks, sometimes for it to all work to kind of remodel and all that. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell needling, but I have seen <coughs> the, <coughs> uh, patients, and I've gone over to the clinics that do that, and uh, uh, it's tremendous results because of, you do it now, and your results are now. You know, by the time you walk out of there, you're looking a whole bunch better, uh, as compared to PRP and stem cells or or Botox or hyaluronic acid or any synvisc and all those, and those all take a little time for the face to remodel and all that. So uh, in terms of uh, you know, th- those needles are, are sort of foreign and they're causing inflammation as part of their process. So you might not want to do that because who knows what's ever going to happen. This is We don't know what's going to happen in 10 years, 20 years from now because this is all new. And so it may look great today and I may be saying, wow, these are great results. What results now do that? but. What happens 10 years from now or 20 years from now when all that stuff is still there? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, so we have still a lot of things to think about uh, before you jump into things. I don't what's think you can go too far.
1: PRP, but what's great about PRP that you do in your clinic? What's good about it? Yeah. What 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 are the what what would you say like are the, the major pros to it? Also, I mean one more affordable, correct, than if you were to do the needling. Yeah. But well, well you're <laughs> you're changing the connective tissue
2: and, and helping uh, uh, you're making new blood vessels so, so that you have basically if, if anything, you can say it is a more of a youngering approach because you're not this this needling is just appearance whereas the PRP stem cells hyaluronic, all that helps actually reconstruct the tissue so that it is healthier and stronger and, and better so.
1: Would it last a little longer? Would you say, or would that have, would you start have to get like a a touch up every couple of years?
2: Um, I would say two, three, two to three years probably. Wow. I
1: would. Think. What is the what what would you say the average cost on something like that is if you were just to, to do a, a face um, average?
2: Our our vampire I think is like fifteen hundred.
1: That's good. Um, That's really good. You get yeah. you get do you get a lot of vampires in your office?
2: Yeah, we do like. I don't know one a day maybe. So yeah, that's
1: all you need. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Well, it
2: costs money to do it all too. So, uh, so it's not all profit for any. But but then you have other things you can do like like I was saying. You have the you can use a little Botox. You can use a little filler. Uh, all those things they can add to the cost. You can use stem cells. Some people come in and uh, well, for example, uh, one of my first patients with uh, my Younger program was from China. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, those Chinese people—they have money. Boy, they can spend yeah, good money. Good skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good skin. Well, this one, this one was getting a little peaked, uh, and uh, so um, she came in and she got, um, she got the the, the the works. And she had, did um, she had I think she had five vials of stem cells every day. So that was about ten thousand dollars a pop so she spent like thirty thousand dollars that was the time it was much more expensive at the time and i took had taken pictures when she came in and on on monday morning and then on thursday morning she's had three days of of intravenous stem cells i took a picture of her on the third day morning of the third day and i looked at i said my God, you are amazing. What what a change. And I mean, I mean, she looked actually 20 years younger, just amazing. I was just like blown away. And I said, see? She says, Oh, well, great! I don't need to do that facelift. I was scheduled for tomorrow. Because <laughs> she was scheduled for a facelift. She didn't need it. You know, so just the IV stem cells really changed her appearance so great. It was amazing. So so you can do a lot with just IV stem cells, but you know, again the more you, you do the more different kinds you do, the better you get. Now let's go back to all of this stuff about young green. Well, you go back to, okay, well, what about all those senile cells? Because yeah. all of us are getting fall, you know, so if we can get rid of those senile cells, then then we're good to go. So then, and, and they've done, if you if you want to look it up on Google and whatnot, they show like rats uh, and mice that have had uh, their, their old senile cells removed. And now they, instead of having gray, you know, Cruddy-looking hair. Now they've got black hair. They're looking young and healthy. As com- and they were the littermates, the same same rats, but the ones that got the synolytic senil- therapy now look young as compared to the ones their littermates that didn't get it. And so, by removing these senile cells, uh, there's a, a lot to be said about making you younger. And so that's one of the things that uh, I think we all need to consider. Now there are certain chemicals that you can use uh, and and nutritional supplements. Um, Ficetin is a uh, polyphenol that can be used supposedly. Uh, Quercetin can be used. Uh, There's a a couple other drugs that can be used. Uh, And uh, so um, you can use intravenous ozone to help uh, do that kind of thing. So there's a lot of things that we're still working on. Everybody's working on, on the senolytic stuff uh, so like, like on this osteoarthritis, uh, that I was talking about, uh, that is fairly easy because there you just put the ozone directly into the joint and that kills those old cells. And then you can put in your fresh cells and now you've got a great result as compared to not. And so it gives you a longer term, uh, response because you don't have those old cells in there making everything inflamed again, because those right. old cells cause inflammation of your body. So, um, now, going back to the, the circulatory system and all that, um, we have in our clinic a whole variety of different or, uh, different uh, therapies uh, designed to improve the circulation. And so, uh, like I was saying, um, as a good exa- example of uh, of of what we're talking about uh, is when you if you live in the Midwest uh, and you look out in the winter at the trees, you can see a young tree versus an old tree and right. the young tree has lots of tiny little branches. And the old tree has not very many of these fine little branches uh, in, the, in the wintertime because uh, the fact that the old tree, so for some reason is not able to maintain these fine little tiny branches. In the human body, the same thing occurs. And that is that your old organs are not able to maintain the capillaries as mm-hmm. well as they were when they were younger. And so your ability to provide oxygen to your brain is diminished, your oxygen to your heart is diminished, your oxygen to your kidneys are diminished, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that causes inefficiency of metabolism, inefficiency of burning your fuel. You wind up with all that biological smoke and that biological smoke causes senility, causes the old, your cells to get old quick. And so now you get faster and older, faster, and you don't want that. So you wanna have clean fuel, clean burning and good flow of oxygen to all your organs. So what we have are things like external counter pulsation, which is a device that you uh, lay on and it has blood pressure cuffs that grow in your legs and your hips. And as your heart, and it context, connects to your, there's a, electrodes that connect to your heart and the heart, as the heart beats, the heart pulse, the pulse of the blood goes down to your legs and as it gets to your legs, these blood pressure comes, squeezes, squeeze your blood and it pushes it back into the heart. And as it does that, it, the heart, uh, the, capi- the coronary artery then is uh, further dilated, it expands the coronary artery, it causes what's called shear stress, and that shear stress and that uh, expansion of the blood flow causes the blood vessels to grow. And so the, anytime you can increase the blood flow called shear stress, you can get increased blood flow, increased growth factors. And, and so anything you can do to get growth factors into your system that are involved with growth factors, like, your, like there's, a, there's one that we use called nubigen, And nubigen's is a drug for cancer patients, and it's called granulocyte monocyte colony stimulating factor. And we give you shots of that for five days. Like let's say you're 60 years old and you want to really get a good result. From your bone marrow treatment so right. we, we have you give yourself these five shots every day for five days then you wait for two weeks then you come in and do the bone marrow and by doing that your stem cells in your bone marrow have gone from let's say over here before you start you have one stem cell and after you do this nupigen, t- two weeks later you have five to ten as compared to one so, you have five to 10 times more stem cells, and they're smaller and healthier than they were to start with. So, by doing this, then taking your stem cells out of your bone marrow, you get a much greater result. Now, how can I say that? Because I've done it. I've done patients that come in and say, Well, let's just do the bone marrow. I say, okay. But I'm telling you, it's not going to work very well. Okay, I don't care. Let's try it. So, we do it, nothing. Do the Nupogen, voila! You know, now they have great results. And so, it's, it's important to get, you know, and you can do that now. Uh, there's all kinds of tricks that you can do to make stem cells work better. That, that's one that's a very good one. Now, like my stem helps as well. Uh, uh, exercise helps as well. Uh, fasting before, uh, 24 hours before you go have stem cells, that helps. I, I don't think anybody's ever done that to me, with me. But I keep telling them. <laughs> yeah, it
1: works. Nobody wants to stop eating. Hey, just for a little bit, it little spike the, spike the insulin. So let me, real, one question I'd like to ask you, what would you say 70% of your business is as in, as in people coming in to see you or 50%? Like if you were to break it up with, with certain niches that people, whether it be, you know, chronic pain, knee pain, you know, what would you say if you were to divide it up?
2: Well, You know, I I basically specialize in stem cells. So um, most all of them come thinking that they want stem cells or are asking about stem cells or how we can use stem cells to help them. So I would say almost 100% are looking for stem cells. My job is to educate them about that it's not (laughs) going (laughs) to work. If they they don't do this or they don't do that. uh, uh, Because, for example, uh, you know, if you have... um, uh, mercury fillings, and you've been eating a lot of fish, uh, you wind up with a lot of mercury in your system, and that interferes with the cell replication and the cell stem cells dividing and multiplying and fixing your tissue. Uh, wow. If you have, if you have a, a what's called intermittent hypoxia while you're sleeping, uh, then that lack of oxygen causes the new blood vessels that are trying to grow in response to the stem cells Uh, at about day 10 after the stem cells, those new blood vessels will die because you don't have enough oxygen. And then that oxygen is required at that point for them to grow. And so, so, and then if you uh, are crazy and uh, like to um, drive motorcycles uh, and, uh, or uh, drive down the freeway uh, on bumpy roads, um, Mm -hmm. then that, vibration those kind of shocks can damage those blood vessels and you wind up getting no no results so you know i've had like I, and one patient just as an example had have a knee problem and i and i say well, okay you gotta stay off of it i want you to use crutches for the next few weeks and so you give it a chance to heal okay now so she calls me a month later and says eh, steam block it's worthless eh, you didn't do me a damn bit of good i didn't get any better at all i said oh really Says well, and so uh, I remember. Let's see, you were the one that loved to go skiing. So did you go skiing? Oh yeah, I started skiing three days after the procedure. I can't stop. I can't stop skiing. Uh, okay, well, don't bitch at me.
1: <laughs> I love you, that.
2: Yeah, I mean, really, true story. You know, it's just I can tell more stories like that. It's just like well, people are crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why, why, why come to me and pay me money if you're not going to listen? Exactly. And, and so- they're
1: telling, you, they're telling you what to do, you know? Yeah, I, oh yeah. yeah,
2: all the time, all the time. You say, well, okay, you know, I've only been doing this for 50 years and treated, you know, seen 50,000 people, but hey, you know more about it. You've never gone to medical school, never done anything, but you know more about it because you, you read an article on, on Facebook. <laughs> okay.
1: No, I, I understand, it makes me laugh. I, I was a tennis pro, I worked uh, over up in Pebble Beach, California as a test pro for years. And it's funny, you know, you got people paying you this is years ago, people paying you a hundred bucks an hour and they're telling you how to, how the stroke is. I'm like, who's paying who? I mean, you know what I mean? It's very interesting. And it's like that with people and like a, you and I were having a discussion, you know, we've got Google, we've got Yahoo, all these things, not saying anything bad about them, but there's a lot of false information and it's getting to the point where even Facebook, is uh, you put some truth on there. They're like, nope, that's yeah. false. Like, yeah. wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. What monkey is up there pushing the string, saying what's false and what's not false? It's almost becoming, and I'm not trying to get preachy or teachy, but I'm, I like it. I like what the Bible says. It says, uh, you know, um, what, what's, what's, what's darkness to the world will be light <laughs> and vice versa. It's almost what what is darkness is light or what is good is wrong. And it's like, everything's flipped. It's very, it's very interesting. And here's the thing everybody out there in internet Atlanta, I just want, again, I want to say thank you so much, Dr. David, for being here. I know you're, you're a wealth of information. You are literally an encyclopedia. I'm not, it's, you're amazing. Not trying to pump your head off. So hey, I'll
2: take you know, all the good. Nobody but, uh, gives me,
1: nobody gives me enough compliments. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, right. But what I will say, my friends out there in, 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 out there in the internet, I just want to say if you're struggling, I don't care if it's Alzheimer's, uh, cerebral palsy, heart disease, you've, you've, had, you've had a stroke or you've gone through some big brain injury, you're in the military, you're a veteran. What I do know is you're, 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 the gentleman that has been in front of us for the past hour, his heart is to help people for their body to be restored. And if you've, you've seen information on the internet and you've lost hope, what I wanna say is call the number on the screen you can also go to stroke doctor.com and beautiful ladies and men. If you're wanting to, to rejuvenate the skin, you know, uh, Dr. David is in the San Clemente area. I love that area. Beautiful area. But here's the cool thing. I don't care if you're not in San Clemente. He has people that fly all around the world just to see him. He doesn't like to brag, but I'm bragging for him. Call the number on the screen, ask some questions. Anyways, uh, again, uh, Dr. David, what I'd like to do is before we get off, what would you say to that person that is on, on the um, that's on the edge but wanting to move forward um, with youngering? Because your program, you, you've got a program out there that's helping thousands of people, and you know our goal is on the show is not to just keep the good news but to get the good news out there. Because the way I look at it, one video can change one person's life. People out there, I don't care if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, share it on your newsfeed. Why? Because it's not about us. We want to focus on helping people. One thing I've learned in life is the only thing that you keep in this life is what you give away. It really is. So what would you say, doctor, for that person that's kind of like, you know what, I've read, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. But I would like to try to rejuvenate either my skin or, you know, or I'd like to rejuvenate you know, my shoulder or hip, I'm out, I'm, I'm, I'm out of condition. Maybe they've done stem cells and. Yeah. You know.
2: yeah. 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 I can appreciate the difficulty in making decisions like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, what can I say? Um, number one, um, you have to look at, you know, there's an old story about uh, you have to judge a horse by the races they've, wa- they've run and, mm-hmm. And I mean it, it's a simple thing, but I've been at this business and running this kind of business for a long time. Like I said, when I started, it was four years of age. Come on, and I got more degrees, more education. I've got the largest medical library of any doctor you'll ever see in the world. I've got my own stem cell lab, which is eight hundred thousand dollars worth of investment. I've got 15, 16,000 square feet of lab and library and research clinic and it's all me. I put it all together. Every one of those books and papers I selected for the last 50 years, I have been collecting and articles and organizing so that I can help you. So when I I have troubles, what do you think this is? If you look around this place, I've got nothing but paperwork everywhere, everywhere. (laughs) I'm surrounded by paper. And my biggest problem is just getting it organized so I can help. So if anybody wants to volunteer to help me at my library, come on over. I need some help because this is a massive job to help a lot of people. And nobody seems to care about donating money. I have a nonprofit. I don't get much of any support at all for doing any of this research. But I've come up with more things to help people than pretty much anybody I know of. Like I say, I've been, I was the first one to do hyperbaric oxygen for stroke. I was the first one to do stem cells, bone marrow stem cells. I, did, I started doing ste- bone marrow in 1968. I worked with Danelle Thomas at the department, department of Hematology and Oncology in Seattle in 1969. He won the Nobel Prize for Medicine in 1990 for his work on bone marrow transplants. And so I worked at the Mayo Clinic. I've done, I've gone, I've done, So many things, it's hard for me to, I can't tell you all of them, of course. You know, there's just so much to talk about. But in general, you have people that will tell you all kinds of things. And they don't have the background. They don't have the education. And they'll tell you things, and they sound so convincing. They say it emphatically. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You know, and in fact, they are totally wrong sometimes and can lead you down the wrong path, which is not good at all. And so you have to be careful about what you do. Think about it, investigate, come over and take a tour. Uh, you know, there's so many things that you've never heard of. You know, for example, you are talking about Alzheimer's. There's <laughs> Alzheimer's alone. You know, I did a study many years ago and I got a 60% remission rate on Alzheimer's. Now wow. that you know, yeah, sounds good, except for the fact that the Alzheimer's Association attacked me and said they were going to try to take my license away because I was claiming that I was actually helping people. <laughs> can you believe it and I mean, literally, I have have these people that are are now can remember and can talk, and they're back to doing things. that's why and, we have
1: video testimonials,
2: yeah, yeah, well, we didn't have much of that at the time, but the point of it is is that that everybody is a critic, and you have to try to figure out why. You know, at, the, at that time, I said that the reason why I was doing it was because I was removing that calcium I was you about. And, and it turns out at that time, absolutely no one in the world believed that calcium had anything to do with Alzheimer's. And then it was in about I don't know 15, 20 years ago that now now calcium has now become part and parcel of Alzheimer's, and it is part of the whole problem. Just as a matter of fact, here just last week there's a paper on Parkinson's that showed when you took high, high somebody took high doses of vitamin D and high doses of calcium, they developed Parkinson's. And they then said, okay, wait a second, stop all that stuff, and they took them off of the calcium and the vitamin D, and within a month the Parkinsons disappeared again. Wow. So. So calcium is a major factor and that causes the blood vessels to be constricted, reduces your oxygen flow, shuts down your metabolism, makes you age quicker, makes you have more senescent cells. So chelation therapy is something we haven't talked about, but chelation therapy is a marvelous, a wonderful treatment. And and everybody who's getting older should think about that because it is something that you can actually do to help those arteries become stronger and healthier and deliver more oxygen. And you can do that oftentimes in your own local uh, care, uh, doctor's office.
1: Awesome, Well, wow. I mean, <laughs> I kind of feel like we don't even have even, I mean, I feel like we need more time. Um, I, I, I love everything that you talked about, especially on the strokes. On the brain injury is huge. There's a lot of people that are struggling with memory and they think that's normal because they're getting older. That is not normal.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, you need that nocturnal oximetry test that I was talking about. You're gonna have a test for oxygen at night And that's number one. Do that because just that alone can make all the difference in the world. If you're not getting enough oxygen, you get on oxygen and your memory comes back, your function, and you can repair. If you don't do that, you'll never repair. So you got to make sure that that's number one. And most doctors don't even think about it. So get that oxygen test,
1: nocturnal oximetry, it's called. Nocturnal. Okay. Well, we're going to, I will probably actually, that's a whole different show. I can tell already. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, you know, throw me in a hyperbaric chamber. I'm ready to rock. And now let's just pick one disease and talk about one disease. That's the best way to do it.
2: That would nope. say this Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, ALS, you can just go for that, and we can spend an hour each one. I have no problem with any of them.
1: I actually like that. And you know what? Um, I have a funny feeling that we're going to do that because, bottom line, there's a lot of people that are struggling with Alzheimer's and cerebral palsy, heart disease, everything we just named right here. And like I said, um, Dr. David, I want to say thank you so much for being here on the show and um you know this is our goal is to help as many people as we can and have a great day doctor and everybody out there at internet land let's share this video let's get get it out there and let's help as many people as we can and don't forget call the number on the screen doctor.com have a great day doc god bless you all thank you very much thank you everybody great job